0: Hey everybody, welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for being here tonight. Lord, we acknowledge your nearness in this place with us. Lord, we've, we've come here tonight from a lot of different places, from different scenarios, and even some of us, different realms of discouragement and hopelessness, as Pastor Char was saying, and some of us are burning hot, we're on fire. So many of us from so many different scenarios, but Lord, we just celebrate that you see each of us exactly where we are. And you hold in the palm of your hand whatever is needed. Just as you said in Matthew 6, you said, your father already knows what you have need of before you ask him. So we are just so thankful that you are truly a good father. That you're not a distant God, that you're not a calloused God, that you're not just a, some sort of malicious, angry, communist dictator. No, you're a loving father, a good, loving father. And we are so thankful for that. We are so thankful for that. And Lord, we just invite you to continue to have your way here tonight. Lord, I submit my my mouth to you. I submit just everything that is in my heart. Lord, I ask you for your help. I want to communicate what you want me to communicate, how you want me to communicate it. Lord, just use this vessel. As flawed as it is. But even though my wife thinks it's good looking, just Lord, I pray that you would uh, <laughs> that you would use this vessel. <laughs> In Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> um, I uh, I just I want to say something about the school of evangelism that's coming up. Um, I just I just realized this three years ago. Today, I came home from uh, the Christ for All Nations School of Evangelism. Three, three years ago today, and I understand for you, you're like, what does that mean? Um, I, I went to this school, and I, I was able to get trained and equipped by some of the leading evangelists in the world. And it was just four days of intense training and education and releasing. And it was just, it was so special. And more than the training, more than, um, you know, the, the, the stories that I have from that and the teachings that were, were given, I, God met me there. And I don't know how to explain it other than I, I was touched by God and I have been burning since. And how many know the fire of God, it, it's just all-consuming. Um, it says in Hebrews that God is an all-consuming fire. He's, he's not like a consuming fire. He's not like in two. He doesn't sound like, although he probably is. But he is an all-consuming fire. And I love that it doesn't say that he's a somewhat consuming fire. You know, he's an all-consuming fire. So every single, but everything he touches, he consumes. And I've just been, I've just been really uh, just enamored with the fire of God. And my heart is so full. I have so many things I want to go through. But I just wanted to talk about this school because, um, in fact, if do you have your Bible? Go ahead and grab your Bible. Actually, wait. Don't grab your Bible yet. Grab your phone. That's right. Grab your phone and then chuck it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Grab your phone and then just open your calculator really quick. That's right. You, you came to church, but you came to a accounting class. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. Open your calculator. If you have an iPhone, you can do it in two swipes. Ta-da-da. That was three, whatever. You could like swipe down just like this right here, and then you open your calculator. Shazam. Get, get you an iPhone. Can I get an amen from somebody in the front row? Hey. All right. Do you guys have your phones? Some of you are just not grabbing your phones. <laughs> That's okay. Do you have it? Can I see what you what I'm working with? Show me your calculator. Okay, cool. Let's just do some math for a second. Let's say, as a church, we do outside events. We do uh, outdoor events, and they've been wonderful. How many of you have been blessed by those? They're awesome. Our worship team, man, they 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 set up the whole band shell, and they practice, and they reserve the place, and they pray, and it's just, I don't know. It's, they're amazing. Now, let's just say that, we do, we do probably like three of those a year, right, roughly. So let's say we did three of those a year, and let's just say that 1,000 people came to each of those events. Now, this is really difficult math, but go ahead and try your calculator. Do three, so three events, times 1,000 people. You didn't have to use it. You got 42, Okay. <laughs> send Luke back to Eau Claire, get your degree. Okay. Yeah. We're praying for you. Um, how many got 3000? Let's just see how we're doing. Okay. We don't need a deliverance service tonight. Okay. So that would be if, if a thousand people came to those three events and they heard the gospel, how many know that is 3000 seeds sown or watered or harvested? Amen. And how many know that's amazing? God cares about one, 3000. That's awesome. Okay, now let's just look at another strategy. This church, I would say between this church right here and everybody that identifies with this church, as well as those who are in Eau Claire or Chippewa Falls who identify with our church there, between the two, a modest estimation of how many people attend or call this home would be about 450. Let's just go with that. 450. Now that's, that's really modest, Okay. Because not everybody that comes to, like, our small groups actually come here because they're, they're in the process of, of being saved, many of them, and it's a really cool thing. But anyway, um, so 450. Sound good? 450? You with me? Say 450. Okay, okay cool. Now, let's just say, let's, let's cut that in half and round down. Let's say 200 people in the church, okay? 200 people in the church. Let's say just 200 got burning hot on the inside as like these burning hot revivalist evangelists, okay? They're, they're, there's 200 in the church and they're like, man, I just got set ablaze, God touched me, I'm equipped, I'm ready. I just wanna go reach my workplace with the gospel. Let's say there's 200 of them and they commit to reaching just one person a week. Just one person a week. And, and not even necessarily like leading them to Jesus, you know, like grabbing them by the throat, you know. Give your life to Jesus! No, none of that. Now let's just say, That happens one so 200 people. You got you have your calculator. Do 200 people, 200 people times 52. How many do you got? 104,000. Wait, that can't be right. All right, I'm gonna try this myself. 200 times 52 equals 10,400. What did I say? but you didn't say that. Did I say something? It doesn't matter. Okay. 10,400. If you had to pick between the two, 3,000 or 10,400, which would you choose? 10,400. Now, obviously we would all choose both, (laughs) right? Like we'd love to just have them both because that would be amazing. But if I had to pick between one or the other, I would definitely go with the latter. Amen. Now, let's just say hypothetically that those 200 people did it once a day. Like I'm, I'm just gonna tell just one person about the gospel of Jesus. That's just one person a day. Do 200 times 365. 365. Okay, now what do you got? What? 73,000 WhitewaterHere.com, right? 73,000, right, Elijah? That's a lot. Okay, so, so he says that's a lot. <laughs> That's a great question. That's a great question. What a great problem to have. What a great problem. Have. Now, let's just say out of those 73,000, just 1% get saved. Multiply that times 1%. How many is that? Okay. That's just 1%. 730 people give their life to Jesus Christ. So see what I'm saying? Like, us as a church, us as World Harvest, we love the events. We do them. And we'll continue to do them. We love them. But even more than that, our responsibility, at least as a pastoral staff, is to equip you for the work of the ministry. So we don't want to just teach you what we know. We want to reproduce who we are. Okay, try this. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, just so you can see what I'm saying. <clears throat> Ephesians 4, verse 11. You have your Bible? Hold your Bible up. Let's see it. Hold it up, hold it up, hold it up. Is that an iPhone? iPhone? Okay, you're good. You're good. iPhone. All right. Android, Brian, get that out of here. Stop that. (laughs) Say, Lord, I invite you to speak to me tonight. Through your living word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, it says, and he himself, talking about who? Help me out. Jesus. And he himself, Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers. By the way, some people who, oh, I shouldn't go there. Do it, do it. Oh, man. Um. There. There are t- there are <laughs> there are there are people who will assert that apostles are no longer for today and prophets are no longer for today but they have a pastor. Like I'm not a theologian or anything but it's you can you can't just pick and choose which ones you like and which you don't. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know any so-called prophets or apostles who try to equate themselves with the original 12 apostles. That would be an issue. Right? How many there's only 12 capital A apostles. Okay? That's just the way that it is. Um, anyway, I digress. Verse 12. It says, for, this is why he gave some to be those five things. For the equipping of the saints. Say, I'm a, saint. I'm a saint. Hey, don't be so prideful. Man, okay. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. For the equipping of the saints. For the work of what? So who does the work of ministry? The saints. The saints. Now, that doesn't give us a back seat. It just puts a requirement on us to do our job of equipping. Right? So we equip the church to do the work of the ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, watch this the word in verse 13, till, so that speaks to an expiration date, right? So some have asserted that the fivefold apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists are no longer for today, but I don't see that in this verse because the expiration date is revealed in the first word of verse 13. And it says, till, until we should no longer wait. I'm learning how to read my Bible. Till we all, say all, come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ Christ. From whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which, I was on a roll too, by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Whoo! Are we there yet? Not yet. Just the fact that we have a disagreement about something so simple means that we're not there yet, okay? Sorry, I don't even know why I got on that. Go to Romans really quick. Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Look at somebody who's not there and say, Hurry up. (laughs) Look back and say, Stop judging me. Take the plank out of your own eye. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) Romans 1, verse 16. This is so powerful. I believe that World Harvest Church is coming in to a, an established identity of Romans 1.16. I really believe that. This is what it says. For I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of what? The gospel of Christ. How many know there's a lot of gospels? Unfortunately, there's a lot of gospels. I think if we were to ask 100 different Christians today what the gospel is, we might just get 100 different answers. And how many know that's a problem? There's only one gospel. The Bible says if anybody brings you another gospel, let him be accursed. There's only one gospel worthy to be preached, and it is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The cross and him crucified, dead, three days later resurrected, cleansing us of our sin. Somebody say amen. amen. There's only one gospel. And Paul says, I am unashamed of that gospel. I feel like this church, I just feel like we're right around the corner of, of stepping into the fullness of what Paul was describing in this verse. Where we will be known, we will be, we'll literally have a reputation as ones who are unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, man, see, we, we don't, we're not trying to make our logo famous. But we do want people, when they see our logo, they think of Jesus so that when they see you walking around with your Jesus shirt, because you're unashamed, they think of Jesus. You know, some man, some people are like, I don't want to wear that shirt. It's not my style. I'm like, okay, I, I get that. Tell me what your style is. I'll design it. I'll print it, and then I'll deliver it to you, whatever you need. I'll get you a Jesus shirt that you can wear, because if you're not going to wear it, then I hope you're at least using your mouth, because we're all called to preach the gospel. Nobody is exempt. Nobody is exempt. Right? In fact, it's like the easiest way to evangelize, if you think about it. Literally, like, like for <laughs> when I'm not feeling like talking to people, I put on my Jesus shirt, okay? And I go to the store and I walk around. And I'm telling you what, when you wear your Jesus shirt and you go to Costa Mexicana, or you go to Layman's or you go to Adventures or wherever you go, and you sit down and the waiter comes over and they see a big fat Jesus written across your chest, guess what? Everything that you say and do from that point on, they will associate with the name that you are bearing. So you don't even have to say anything. I'm not saying don't. I'm just saying if you're like super afraid and you don't know where to start, start with a Jesus shirt. Because as they're sitting there and all of a sudden you're nice to them, you're respectful, you're honoring of them, and you are tipping their face off, they're literally going to associate all of the things that you were, the way that you carried yourself, they're going to associate that with Jesus. So if before you walked in, they associated Jesus with a negative connotation, you just reversed it by wearing a shirt and being yourself right? What's that? Um, I think they're out there, but we need to get more. Thanks for mentioning it. Who wants to wear a shirt? Raise your hand if you want a Jesus shirt. Ah, Let's go. Let's go. Paul said, for I am not ashamed. Said, I am unashamed of the gospel. Now watch this. It says, for it is the power of God to salvation. If you want to experience the power of God in your life, I got on the stage for no reason. If you want to experience the power of God, preach the gospel. Yeah. That's what he said, literally. He said, look, 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 look in your Bible, look in your Bible, open it, open it, look at it. You have to see it for yourself. Bobby Conner, he said when you read your Bible, open it and get your paper Bible, run your fingers through it. I don't know if he said smell it, but you could try it. That's weird, but whatever. If it's a new Bible, John, maybe. All right. For I am or I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it. What is the it? the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, not just those who come onto salvation, but even those who already saved and are preaching the gospel. We we sometimes as 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 a charismatic church that we are, we can wait to get the power of God until we go to the next conference. We're like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm waiting for this conference. You know, so-and-so's coming, and that's when the power of God's going to touch me. Nah, bro. I mean, yes, yes. But you can experience the power of God when you go to your job, and you open your mouth, and you share the good news of Jesus. You don't have to wait. Look at somebody say, you don't got to wait. Now, some people may be thinking, yeah, but I'm not a preacher. Oh, I'm not a preacher. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Go to Mark 16. Let's just dispel that real, real quick. Mark 16, it says in verse 15, then he said to them, who's he talking to? Yeah, he's talking to the disciples, but how many know in Matthew 28, in that version of the Great Commission, he says, teach, he says to them, go and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit, or sorry, teaching them to observe, how many things? All things that I have commanded you. So if he said it to the disciples, we can just by curiously receive that instruction. Say yes. Yes. Watch this. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Case is closed. Got it? Got it? Okay. Say, I am called. called. Say, I am called. called. To preach the gospel. (laughs) I get to have fun too. I I I get to play too. Say, it's not just for the preachers on the stage. It's for me. I've been enlisted in the army of God. So I'm not going to stay on the sidelines. I will be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Oh, my Lord. This is supposed to just be a commercial for the evangelism class. I'm sorry. You know, when I, when I talk about evangelism, I get intense. And I just want to just clarify that I'm not angry. I am really happy. I'm just passionate. And I'm telling you, if you come to this school, I I promise you, I'm going to give you every drop I've got. And we're going to let the scripture teach us and sharpen us in the message of the gospel. I promise. You're going to leave after five weeks of us being together. I promise you. You're going to leave after the fifth class, mobilized, equipped, and fully confident in sharing the gospel. I believe that there are many here who, if I were to ask you right now to come up here and share the gospel, you would not know what to say. We're going to change that. We're going to change that. Literally, this Wednesday, the very first class, we're going over what the message of the gospel is. And you are going to leave, literally, this Wednesday night, you're going to go home knowing how to communicate the gospel. I promise. Well, if you pay attention, you know. You, you're like yeah Jake but you know i'm just i'm just a i'm just a layman i'm just a layman i'm just a tradesman i'm a carpenter i'm a business owner a daycare owner i'm a stay-at-home parent i mean that's just that's who i acts chapter six let's go there really quick This is not, this wasn't the plan, but we're just going to go together. What do you say? All right. X six. Yeah, okay. X six. This is awesome. There's something intoxicating about preaching the gospel. How many of you have ever shared your faith with somebody? Raise your hand. When you walked away from just one of those experiences, how did you feel? Victorious, wonderful. Raise your hand if you felt really just bad and you're like, I never want to do that again. Okay, okay, good, good, we had one person. There's always one, there's always one. <laughs> he was joking, by the way. It's funny, after you leave sharing the gospel, you literally feel like you're floating. It's, it's because you're, you're experiencing what it's like to be the conduit of the power of God. And it's like, it's so good to pray, we need to do that all the time. It's so good to read the Bible, we need to do that all the time. It's good to go to church. We need to do that all the time. How many know the Bible says do not forsake the assembling together of the saints? Okay, so we we always do those things, but unfortunately, not all believers preach the gospel. But I believe that day is shifting here. I really is it really is. How many of you have been kind of getting stirred in your heart a little bit? You're like, man, I just I want to be on the I don't want to be on the sideline. How many of you played sports in high school? Raise your hand. How many of you just loved being benched? there's always one. <laughs> 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 I was just in it for the Gatorade. I don't know. It was free. <laughs> no, nobody likes being benched. It's not fun. How many of you wanted to be on the field or on the court or in the ring or whatever you or in the pool? I don't know. Yeah, you wanted to be out there. Man, we are all starters in the kingdom of God. There are no second stringers. There are no backups. We are all in the game. We all get to play. And that is awesome. I'm so thankful for that. In Acts chapter 6, this is an example of a, uh, let's just say, layman. Because he wasn't one of the original 12. He wasn't one of the big dogs. Watch this. In in chapter 6, verse 1. It says, now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, how many know that's, the, that's what the church does? The church multiplies. Say multiply. multiply. That's, that's what we do. Unfortunately, in America, churches are dividing. Not this church. We multiply. Because we follow the Bible. Okay, so uh, and now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists. Because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. They really valued feeding the widows. Sometimes I think in America, we kind of get away from things that really matter. You know? I was just reading that, and I was just, I don't, I don't know why that hit me, but we need to take care of the poor, right? We need to take care of the widows. Somebody say amen. amen. Then the twelve summoned the multitude. So who just came to them? the multitude of the disciples, and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, say good reputation, reputation. and full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. So how many people are they picking? Say seven. Seven. It says, and the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen. Now watch this. It says Stephen was a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit. Full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. The Lord, I, I really believe the Lord spoke to me, and He said there are too many in the church who are full of food and full of the world. I was like, "Food? That's the weirdest thing ever." But it, that verse came to mind where it says it says something, 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 and <laughs> and their God is their stomach. And and I was. You know, it, it struck me, and I just, Stephen was full of faith in the Holy Spirit. We're, we can be filled with whatever we choose to feast on, right? So we can be filled with the world by filling ourselves with the news, filling ourselves with Netflix, f- filling ourselves with um, sports or social media or movies or music or podcasts, whatever. And how many of those things are not inherently bad? Well, unless, you know, unless you pick one that is inherently bad. <laughs> I'm just assuming that we don't do that. Um, <laughs> some, some things are just off limits, right? Hopefully. But Jesus, you know, it's fascinating. In, in the natural, we feast with our mouth. But in the spirit, we feast with our eyes. Think about it. In Matthew 6, Matthew 6, Jesus said, if thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light, right? And then right after that, he says, but if your eye is bad or evil, depending on your translation, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? I'll read it one more time. If, this is the, he says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore, if, conditional, if therefore your eye is good, or better rendered, single. Because that word good literally means single. I preached on that last time I spoke. It's, it's being fixed on one thing. Just like when Peter was walking on the water and his eyes were fixed on Jesus. And as he was fixed on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. But as soon as his eyes left Jesus, what happened? He began to sink, right? But then luckily, Jesus came, pulled him up out of the water, and they walked back to the boat together, right? Or remember in, in Hebrews where uh, the author says that we're looking to Jesus. The author and perfector of our face, or of our of our face. <laughs> I mean, hey, author and perfector. <laughs> Where's my wife? Shout me down, girl. I mean, your face is, yeah. Ten out of ten. Nice shirt. Okay. Where were we? Oh, okay. Yeah, perfecter of our faith. If we want to be full of the things of God, then our eyes should be single. And what Jesus was saying there, he's, he's literally like, if your eye is single, then your whole body will be full of light. But then he says in the next verse, if your eye is evil. The opposite of being singular vision on Jesus is literally evil. So looking, being, allowing your vision to be hijacked by any other thing is literally evil. I know that's not popular, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And then right after this, or excuse me, right before this, this is so cool. He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, for ne- where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Stephen had a heart that was focused and looking singularly at Jesus. He was full of faith. He was full of the Holy Spirit, both of which are products of the person Jesus. We cannot go get faith from a conference alone. We can't go get the Holy Spirit from a special person alone, other than Jesus. He's the only one that we can get those things from. So Stephen was totally locked in. And he is the only one, to my knowledge, you can correct me afterwards, or now if you think of look. but in the New Testament, he's the only person that received a standing ovation from Jesus Christ when he was martyred. Think about it. Jesus is sitting on the throne because it's finished, right? You only sit down when you're done. Say yeah. So he's sitting on the, he's seated. on <laughs> preach it, girl. He's seated in the high heavens. And, and Stephen, as he's being martyred, he gets off the throne. Think of that. The son of God. Listen, I don't know what you're living for. I don't know what your goal is. I don't know if you wish people would stand for you, like in, in, on, the, on the planet or something. You know, you walk into work and everybody stands. <laughs> I don't know what you're living for. I don't know what you're looking for. But what I'm living for is to have him stand. I just want to please him. I just want to make him smile. And Stephen did that. And guess what? He was just a layman. He was just a layman. But he caused Jesus to stand up. My friend, in your life, you can cause Jesus to stand up. You really can. In Matthew 5, man, next week, next Saturday, I'm going to preach the original message, okay? I'm going to do it. So Matthew chapter 5, are you guys there? (laughs) I'm going all over the place. It says in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Watch this, verse 14. You are the light of the world. Say that. Say, I am the light of the world. Look at somebody say, you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Now watch this in verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. What's fascinating to me is the word let. Let. I don't know what that speaks to you, but to me, it's, it, it's an invitation. It tells me I have a choice. That's what I glean from that. Let your light so shine. Now, maybe this is too simple of reading, but for me, I, just, I see that I can choose to not or I can choose to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Who is it up to? It's up to me. It's up to you. In 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, it says, I hope that's where it is. Let's see here. Yeah. Well, let's see verse 3 here. It says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. How many people are perishing? There there are people perishing in the world. It says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Now let me ask you this. What is the light of the gospel? Better, better, let me rephrase that. Who is the light of the gospel? He he said, I am the light of the world, right? I mean, he said that, but then he, what did he say to us? You are the light. He's on the throne. He's passed the baton to you and I. He's literally, we are the successors of Jesus Christ's ministry. Now, none of us are going to be as cool as him, okay? I don't care how many piercings you got. None are like his, okay? Right? Serious, serious. So that, was like, that was kind of a, an accidental dad joke. That's what that was. Yeah, thank you. Ain't no piercings like the Lord's. It says, um, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Who do not believe, lest the light, so you, would shine on them. If we are leaving our interactions with people frustrated, we need to grow in love. Because we need to understand, see, mature love sees people the way God does. So if I so if I get frustrated, Amy, can I get some help on the piano, please? If, if, um, if I if I leave a retail store and I have attitude because somebody gave me attitude, I need to grow up. Because the truth of the matter, or if I'm going to gossip about somebody, I need to grow up. If I'm going to be frustrated about somebody, even if I'm going to be offended, I need to just grow up. I really do. Because it says in Ephesians 6, verse verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So, when somebody gives you attitude, when somebody's mean to you, or whenever that stuff happens, or if you get offended, or whatever the case may be, it's not about the person. It's not about the flesh and blood. How many know there's something else behind that? And mature sons and daughters of God see that for what it is. So, we can see, oh, it's not the person, it's a principality, it's a power. It's the ruler of the darkness of this age. It's a spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. You see what I'm saying? But we need to grow in maturity, and we need to, to grow in the love of God. Amen? Amen? Can I share just a story with you really quick? Some of you are falling asleep. <laughs> I mean, I don't. What time is it? Oh, dear. Okay. I'll do this really fast. You guys want to stand with me? Um, So when I was six years old, I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. It was after a puppet show. It was the best puppet show you've ever seen. Um, I got set on fire. I literally went to school the next day. It was a Sunday I got saved. It was Monday I went. My mom got me a Bible. I went to school with my Bible, and I wanted everybody to see it. So I went to school holding my Bible. I sat down on my desk. I had it on my desk. I wanted everybody to know I was now a Christian. And then at recess, I started an unofficial club, and I called the club God's Army. Yes, right. I said, this is God's army. Okay, folks, who wants to be in God's army? Anybody? And the kids were like, yeah, I do, I do. E, e, you know? And I'm like, okay, cool. Here are the rules. You got to love Jesus. I didn't know how to preach the gospel. Nobody told me how to do this. I was six years old, didn't know nothing other than Jesus is in me now. And I was like, okay, you got to love Jesus. You got to be nice. And we're going to work out. <laughs> and so I would, literally, I would literally run the kids through drills at recess. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing, but it's, I don't know. And then I, I, get, I went on and whatever. I, I get to high school and I'm in high school and I realized like I was a senior, you know, I'm a captain on the football team and I'm like, okay, like I have this some measure of influence. I need to use it for the kingdom. Even though I wasn't fully living for God, the calling was still burning in me. Some of you are not living for God right now, but the, the calling is still burning within you. All it takes is one step back to him and he can make all things right. I was, um, I was, I was like, I just want to, I just want to make a mark, God. I just want to be used by you. I, I wanna, I wanna. I'm only gonna be in high school one more time. And I was like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna start am I'm gonna start a group. I'm gonna start God's Army in school, <laughs> high school. Not God's Army though. I decided I was gonna start a group, and I was gonna call it Fishers of Men. And so I said, I said, all right. I told my my youth pastor at the time, and and where where I was going to high school and um and he said okay that's cool, but um or maybe it wasn't him somebody else they were kind of like discouraging me a little bit and they're like yeah i don't think you know separation of church and state you know you might need to you might need to just think about it or maybe maybe you could do something at the church you probably can't do that and i'm like the heaven i can't <laughs> for real for real i not to be stupid but i really i was like no nah, you just fueled me more really So I made, I I took some papers and I taped them on my locker, or I put one on my locker, and I went around and I told every student that would listen to me, I told every faculty member that I could think of, at least the ones that were nice, and I said, hey, I'm going to start a young adult, or I'm going to, sorry, I'm going to start a little group before school, and if you would support it, it's going to be a Jesus group, it's going to be awesome, if you would support it, would you go to my locker, it's number, blah, 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 and go sign it for me, please, thank you so much. Not only did I have one page signed, or two pages signed, I had pages, I had to add pages to my locker to get that thing signed. Because I'm like, good, I've got the playbook now. I know the the principal or whatever is going to tell me I can't watch me. So I take this list, and it's got faculty on it and students. And I go in, I make an an appointment with the superintendent. And his name was Mr. Bigley. And it was a fitting name because he's big, really big, scary guy, crop cut. He was just scary, dude. And I I go in, and I hope I looked more confident than I was because I was super nervous. And I sit down in the chair, and he says, uh, all right, what's up? What do you need? I'm like, oh, Lord. Um, I want to start a Jesus group in the school, and these are all of the people in the school that are going to sign it and or would go, and they signed it, and you can look at all the names yourself. He looked down at the paper. He looked at me, and he leaned back in his chair, and I was waiting for separation of church and state. Sorry, maybe, maybe we're, this is going to have to go to the school district. You know, this is going to have to whatever. He looked at me and he said, which room do you want? That's great. And I said, I'll take the auditorium. <laughs> he said, cool, talk to Hans. He'll hook you up. He was this really cool janitor. And we started that group and God moved. Would you close your eyes for a moment? If you're here tonight and you want to be bold, some of you, even, even hopefully here tonight, you are feeling a stirring in your heart. It's like there's something in you that just kind of leaps when when evangelism is brought up. And maybe it's a leap of fear, <laughs> but yet it's a leap of wonder buried underneath the fear. Or maybe you're just flat out excited about it. You're burning for it. I just want you to, Raise your hand right now I'm not going to call you out or anything but just lift your hand up high that's wonderful keep your hands keep your hands raised for a moment now if you want your heart to burn and you you're like man I want to burn for evangelism I want to get off the sidelines and I want to be used to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, I want you to raise your hand. That's awesome. I'm not asking you to raise your hand for me, literally. I'm just between you and God, okay? All right, go ahead and put your hand on your heart. I just want to commission you to sign up for the School of Evangelism. One easy payment of free 99. but the whole city will be impacted by your obedience. Wherever you're from, you are the chosen evangelist for your workplace. You are the chosen pastor for your neighborhood. You are the chosen prophet of your family. Paul said, how then shall they call on him? Talking about those who are lost. How How shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? In Isaiah 6, it says, Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? The Lord is looking into this room right now and he's looking at people at home and he's asking the same question Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Jesus is sitting on the throne with pierced hands and feet, a gash in his side, just waiting and the and the the cloud of witnesses is just waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be mobilized in the gospel they're just waiting and waiting and waiting and it says in Isaiah six after the Lord asked this question, Isaiah spoke up and he said, "Here am I, send me so On the count of three, if you want to answer to God, not to Jake, not to the message, not to the World Harvest Church, but to Jesus Christ, the lamb that was slain, the risen and anointed one, if you want to say to him, here am I, send me, in preaching the gospel and being mobilized in evangelism, I'm going to count to three and I want you to say, here am I, send me. Our culture needs you. Mike, Dr. Michael Brown wrote a book and it's titled Revival or We Die. And it's just a statement for the, the American church. Either America is going to face revival or we're done. Look at, look at the nation. You're like, oh, that's bad. That's bad. You're speaking death. No, no, it's just the truth. We need revival or we die. But revival happens when the church moves. So I'm going to count to three. And if you want to, between you and God, Between you and God, I just want you to say, here am I, send me. One, two, three. Here am I, send me. Lord, here we are. We submit ourselves to you tonight. Lord, I feel like there are so many hearts in here that are burning, and they want to just be used, but they're afraid. Lord, I pray that you would would encourage them in your calling and your purpose on their life. Lord, I pray that every person in here would realize that they were born for a reason, uh, they weren't born on accident and they were born to know you and love you and share you with the world. And Lord, I pray that many would come to this class over these next five Wednesdays and that the whole church, that we would see more than 200 people sharing their faith every day. Lord, that we would see these numbers explode. Lord, that we would be like the early church and that we wouldn't just be Christians looking for another touch or looking for another thing or just wanting another word, but that we would say, God, you know what? If you never did another thing, you've done more than enough. And all I need to do, all you need to do is just empower me and I'll go. All you need to do is give me the tools and I'll go. Lord, I just pray that 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 desire and that craving would erupt in the hearts of your church. Lord, that we would collectively burn for preaching the gospel everywhere that we go. That we would be unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that we would become intoxicated with the taste and the experience of the gospel. Knowing that it is the power of God unto salvation for them that believe. To the Jew first and to the Gentile. Lord, let it be so in our hearts. And Lord, I pray if there's anybody here who doesn't know you, that they would give their life to you. In fact, just right now, really quick, if you've never given your heart to Jesus and you want to do that, I just want you to raise your hand right now all around this place. Let me see. I want to pray with you really quick. You've never given your heart to Christ. You want to give your heart to Jesus. Awesome, I see that. So good. Okay, really quick, put your hand on your heart again. Hallelujah. How many know the Bible says that just one person, when one person gives their heart to the Lord, it says all of heaven erupts. So heaven gets excited about two things, the presence of God and when a sinner repents. Well. Pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my life. I repent of my sin. I'm sick of going to lifeless things. They do nothing for me, but leave me feeling empty and dead inside. They leave me with this gutter feeling, but I don't want to live that way anymore. I can't clean myself. I can't make myself better. But I can give you my whole heart, and I can give you my whole life, and so I choose tonight to give you everything, all of me, no strings attached, not a seven-day trial, but a life laid down. I am a dead man, alive in you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I'm so sorry. I went really long. Ministry team, will you please come forward? If you want prayer for anything at all, I just want you to, to come up and they're going to pray for you and God's going to touch you. Thank you so much for being here tonight. Um, if you, uh, yes, if you, if you raised your hand, um, we'll be in touch with you, okay? So don't worry about that. All right. God bless you. We love you so much. Have a great night. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.